0: Shalom, welcome to this week's class of HaChaim called It's All About Soul Mystical Insights to the Weekly Torah Portion and this week's Torah Portion is Lech Lecha the third Torah Portion of the Chumash and in Lech Lecha the opening words, the opening command Hashem told Avraham Avinu, Lech Lecha Go and the word Lecha is uh, already questionable. What does it mean lech Go to you, go for you. So Rashi, Rashi's approach every time it says the word lecha is bishvilcha, for your sake. When the, the Torah commands Moses, God commanded him, "You shall make asel lecha make for you two, two trumpets." And the answer was the same thing: bishvilcha should be for your usage. So Rashi wants to know what exactly is the for your sake. So according to Rashi, the interpretation, lech lecha, is go for your sake. And Rashi wants to know what is it for your sake. So Rashi says for three things that will happen. Number one, that the three things that normally get diminished when you're traveling from place to place, Hashem told him actually will be the reverse Number one, is hard to have children when you're traveling. And Rashi says that Bishvilcha, you will have children through this journey. Um, the second one is money. It's hard to make money when you're traveling. You're usually spending money. And the third thing is fame. And then parenthetically speaking, Hashem uh, uh, the, uh, Hashem says you should go for, for fame. And the Rebbe has a question on that. And the Rebbe's question is, what would that mean to Avram Avinu? The man who said that I am but dust and ashes, we're going to bribe him with fame. Avram Avinu wants fame. What a fame does Avram Avinu need? Avram Avinu was the epitome of, of humility. And the Rebbe explained something very interesting. Avram Avinu realized that his fame isn't his fame, it's God's fame. When they spoke about Avraham, when Avram's fame did cover the world, they spoke about Avraham in reference to Eloke Avraham. The God of Abraham. So Avraham knew that his fame isn't his fame. They're not talking about him. He's a genius. He's a, they're talking about, oh, the man who believes in one God. And that's why fame was meaningful to, to Avraham Because Avraham whole life was to teach the world about God. Before Avraham came, God was the God of heavens. Once Avraham came, it was no more the God of heavens, just it was the gods of heavens and earth. And that was Avraham Vino's job. That was his mission in life. He went from a very pagan world and brought in monotheism. And therefore, fame did play a role by Avraham Avino But either way, why do we get into this is just to show you how Rashi, the famous Rabbi Shadon Yitzchaki, um, most famous commentator, the first commentator all children learn in school, uh, famous Rashi, lived in France, 11th century. And Rashi says, Lecha, Go for your sake And explains what the for your sake Which is is the three things The title of tonight is Hashem said Lech Go Lecha Where are we going to? And the question is where am I going anyway? That's the question we ask Where am I going anyway? I want to share with you first A couple of interesting commentaries According to Jewish mysticism Lech Lecha to Jewish mysticism is the journey of the soul. In the world of Kabbalah, from the time when Hashem told Avram, Lech Lecha, and Jewish mysticism, 5th Bach Rebbe is quoted saying this, from the time when Hashem said, Lech Lecha, the journey of the Jew began. The Jewish soul going to the place where the sparks awaits his soul to elevate, and redeem, and spread. The Word of God and, and the existence of God began with, that, with this week's Torah portion. Lech Lecha. It goes to every soul. Now in the word Lech Lecha, whenever we talk about journeying in the world of Kabbalah, there's one of two ways to journey. Milmala lemata, from above to below. Or Milmata lemala, from below to above. You will find consistently throughout Judaism those two journeys. Bringing heaven down to earth or bringing earth up to heaven. Two journeys that will always take place. For example, just to throw out an example, studying Torah. Studying Torah is from above to below. The verse says, the the teaching says that I will place my word on your tongue. It's God's word, not our word. So we're bringing down the word of God, we're revealing it. Prayer is from below to above prayer is from the constraints from the depths i call out to you prayer is my word to god the torah when we study torah it's god's word to me so the study of torah is from above below the study uh, the prayer is from below to above within commandments we find also this concept that there is the 248 positive commandments 365 prohibitions. The 248 commandments is what? It's doing the will of God. God wants us to do A, B, C, or D. So that's from above, below. In certain context. Everything is referenced. However, not doing, when God tells me a prohibition, that's from below, above. Because who wants to do what we shouldn't do? The animalistic soul. So the the below above means I shall not do what I want I will get out of myself So you'll always find in The Zohar says about this On this week's Torah portion The Zohar talks about These journeys If you'll see that in the Torah portion itself You actually find both journeys What happens right when Abraham Leaves home and comes to the land of Canaan The land which will soon become Israel God promises him what happens there's a famine what happens when there's a famine he has to go and what does the verse say Avraham Abraham went down from Israel to Egypt so there we have the embodiment of the journey from up to down spiritually and physically he went down from Israel to Egypt what happens after the whole story and Pharaoh takes his wife and he put the wife in the box. He tried to sneak her in. No one should know. And then they found her. And he, he says that, uh, he tells her, say, you're my sister, not my wife. And Pharaoh takes her. And after that whole story, what happens? After the miracles take place, Sarah is untouched, returned back to Avram Avinu. And he goes ahead and he gives Avram much wealth. What does the verse say after that? And Abraham went up from Egypt to Israel. He went up again in both dimensions, spiritually and physically. So when we talk about this, we talk about the two journeys in this week's Torah portion. Because lech lecha, we're taught, actually is the embodiment of two different types of journeys. And that's why we explain the verse. The verse, God tells in specific details. He doesn't say just go to the Holy Land. He doesn't say go to the Land which I will show you. He actually says... Go from me'artzecha from your land, from your birthplace, from your father's home, el to the land which I will show you. And in Zohar, this is all explained as different dimensions. land, in Kabbalah is referred to as ratzon will. mimoladitcha is from your birthplace. So we learn in Tanya chapter 3 that the emotions that come from intellect is the offspring of intellect. Mibeta vicha, the parents, the father, and the mother is wisdom and understanding. That's the intellect. El to the land which I will show you. Land over here refers to Malchut. Malchut is the garments thought, speech, and primarily action. So the Zohar explains how the neshama descends from the highest of high, and the neshama must descend more and more and more. This will, the will of God, the will of the soul, is absolutely perfect and infinite. The Alta writes, it's quoted by the Rebbe of Blessed Memory in Hayom Yom, in his calendar, his daily calendar. The quote from the Alta that not a Jew wants nor a Jew can separate himself from God. We have the famous story, which is very interesting. According to Jewish law, you cannot force a male to give a divorce to a female. Not so in reverse. So the focus is, uh, is according to the, the today, actually, the red rabbinical laws have empowered the woman to be equal in this sense. But biblically speaking, the man cannot be forced to give a, a divorce. So we talk about a very interesting case. What happens if the man is married to someone that he's not allowed to be married to? For example, a Kohen is married to a divorcee. Now I want to just share in, in prohibited marriages, there's two types of marriages, two types of prohibitions. There's one prohibition where the marriage can't take place. If a boy and a girl, actually, unfortunately, this has happened in the history of Jewish people. There's some very famous stories about it, where the last minute it was saved. But uh, in the olden days, where people were separated, children were separated from birth, what happens if a man meets a woman and they get married? And then, God forbid, they find out that they're actually siblings. They just didn't know about it. He doesn't have to give a divorce. You cannot marry your sister. It's just impossible. So whatever happened wasn't a marriage. But then there is a type of marriage where the marriage is a marriage, and to get out of the marriage, you need a divorce. For example, if a Kohen marries a divorcee, the Kiddushin, the marriage, is a marriage. So let's say, I don't know how this is possible, but she, he didn't know she was divorced, or whatever it was. Or let's say he did know, and he didn't care, and then he said, you know something, this is not right. He has to give her a divorce. <laughs> She's a married woman. He's married to her. It's not pshat, over here, we don't say that the marriage didn't take place because it prohibited. The marriage is a marriage. And every second that he's married to her, mm-hmm. it's a prohibition. Mm-hmm. Because a, ma- a Cohen is not going to be married to a divorcee. Mm-hmm. So now, what happens? So sages teach us that in the time when the control was in the Jewish courthouse and Halakha was the final constitution, and the rabbis had the power, they would actually bring the man into a room and they would rough him up until he said, I want to give a divorce. And then the minute he says, okay, I want to give a divorce, give a divorce. They gave a divorce and it's done. The Rambam says, whoa, that's problematic because you can't force a man to give a divorce. And what they do over here? They forced him. <laughs> they beat him up, plain and simple, you know. The rabbis turned around and the other guys took him out to the back alley and then they had Mazel We have good news. He wants to give a divorce. But that's not called want. So the Rambam explains that when a Jew does what he's, doesn't, what he's not supposed to do, really you should know, quoting the Talmud, Yitzra Unso. The, the, um, the Yitzhara, the evil inclination, actually forced him to do what he, do, what he doesn't want to do because a Jew does not want to do what's wrong you know a lot of times when I I give a class on this or a lecture on this the example I give is you open up a water faucet right and gravity has the water coming down and what happens if you turn a fan on next to the water faucet the wind is blowing the water away from its natural course and what happens the minute you shut the fan you don't have to convince the water goes back to its course because the water is going on its course until the wind is blowing it forcefully away. The natural force, the natural course of a Jew is to do what Hashem wants. If you see a Jew doing what Hashem does not want him to do or not doing what Hashem does want him to do, then we need to know that there's a fan that's forcefully blowing this waters, this stream, against its natural course. Thus says the Rambam, Because we know that the Talmud says that the natural flow of a Jew is to do what he or she is supposed to do, what God wants them to do. So when the Jew said, I do not want to give a divorce, even though the rabbis told him, we just found out that she's a divorcee, you have to give a divorce. You're a Kohen. You can't be married to her. And he's saying, I don't care. I don't want to give her a divorce. You should know that what's really happening here is the inside His real will as a Jew is saying, of course I want to do what God wants me to do. But he's being forced by his evil inclination, the blindness of of the power of the animalistic soul. He's being forced to say against what he really wants to say. Therefore, the Rambam writes, when you rough him up, what did you do? What you did was you shut off the fan. So now when he says, yes, I want to give a divorce, then you know that he's now saying what he really wants. Because the will of a Jew is never tainted. Gets more problematic. The next law, the Rambam says as follows. What happens? All of a sudden, they find out, they made a mistake. Either they made a mistake that he's really not a Cohen. we just found out. Or they made a mistake that she's not the divorcee, it was her twin sister. So the law is he doesn't have to remarry her because the divorce was never a divorce. Why was divorce not a divorce? Because we forced him. If you forced him, it's not a kosher divorce. So the Rebbe used to love talking about this law. Why? Because what happens is souls don't make mistakes. Rabbis make mistakes. That means the soul knew that there's nothing wrong with this marriage which means that the soul did not want to give the divorce. Ah, he said yesterday when they beat him up that he wants to give a divorce. That wasn't because he wanted to give a divorce. It's because the guys were beating him up. (laughs) What do we see from these two laws? We see from these two laws that the will of a Jew, the will of the Jewish soul is impeccably perfect. However, the problem is that the Jewish soul can remain aloft in its will and therefore god according to this journey from above to below god's telling the soul you can't remain in the awesome experience of your will to be one with me i need you to descend from that awesome will into the intellect i want your intellect to appreciate What you want. I don't want you to be just a totally Google-eyed soul, so so in love with me. Yes, whatever you want. I don't know what you just said, but yes. No, God says I want you to descend from the will. I want you to descend from the will into the uh, intellect. And in intellect itself, there's descent. There's wisdom and there's understanding. Let's talk about those two just i I just want to be a little bit more clear this this year than i was in the past get more detailed you know when you talk about wisdom what is the power of wisdom the power of wisdom is creativity what's the power the power of bina understanding the power of understanding is the methodology of it if i were to use uh, michael gerber's famous book emith if i were to use his language wisdom is the entrepreneur the out-of-the-box thinking, the creative thinker. And being the Wisdom, is the manager. And what happens here is, Wisdom has such an intense pleasure. When you're trying to figure something out, and all of a sudden there was an out-of-box light, you will notice with real, real entrepreneurs, they hate dealing with the practical details. They actually start getting very fidgety, very angry. Don't, don't bother with me that. that. For that, I hired managers. Go speak to the manager. Steve Jobs. He had an idea. And then he sent it to his people to do it. And they came back. And he told them to reset up the whole thing. He didn't like the first computer, didn't have his look. He wanted the inside clean, he wanted the outside clean, he wanted it slim. He didn't make it happen. He had an idea. And then the rest made it happen. Because for someone who's an out-of-box thinker to have to deal with measurements, say, okay, uh, Steve, how exactly do you, I don't know. I told you what I want. Bring it back to me. Because Chachma and Bina are two total different lobes of your brain. The right lobe and the left lobe. One's artistic, creative, the other one is methodical, the other one is very cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. For someone who's experiencing Chochmah, it's not fun to have to shift and descend from Chochmah into Bina. Someone who's in creative moment, the person who's playing devil's advocate and asking details, it's very painful for that person who's in the creative mode. Because it's a very pleasurable experience in wisdom, in creativity. And very often when the person knows that he has to go from chachma to bina, from wisdom into understanding, from the overwhelming out-of-the-box creativity and pleasure into the details, details causes joy. Out-of-the-box causes pleasure. Chachma is related to oneg. Shabbat is chachma, therefore we have oneg. We have pleasure. Holidays created, it is connected to Bina, understanding, and that's why we have Simcha. It's two different experiences. When all the details fall into place, it causes joy. When you have an out-of-the-box creativity experience, it's actually pleasure. You'll notice that when people know that we have to now move on from the beautiful oneness of creativity into the complexity of understanding, they'll stay one more second just to savor... That last taste. Okay, let's move into Bina. Because it's a descent. And the same thing goes on over here with the Nishama. So if you look at it from the Zohar's perspective, going down, he has to leave the power of Rotson, will, into the tangible wisdom and understanding. And from there, you have to even go lower. You have to leave the protective solitude of intellect into the craziness I will use that word of emotions and then even when you're in the craziness of emotions it's not enough you have to then descend again into the dryness of action so that's the descent Lech lecha, go where are we telling them to go nishamala dear soul we're telling you to descend 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 go from your highest experiences but descend get down to the action and then there's another whole teaching in Jewish mysticism that lechlecha is reversed lechlecha is where we're telling you to leave from below to above it's not descending it's ascending and now we have to reread the whole verse only this time instead of talking about the descent of the godly soul into this world we need to talk about the ascent of the person from his animalistic soul egocentric, into the godly soul, selflessness, theocentric. And here when we talk about the will, we're talking about which will? The egotistical will of entitlement. I want. Insanity begins with a person who lives in his reality of I want what I want and I want it now. That's a whole new journey. Now we're starting from the nether pits of the ego entitlement I want what I want and I want it now and now we have to start ascending ascending let's again not just quote words let's let's walk the journey for a moment so the beginning is and we know about this right let's just talk about the child the child begins with Ratzon I want this toy but it's not yours but you have the other one I want this toy and he's not having with you a logical conversation he's going from I want this toy into a tangent fit so ratzon, the animalistic souls ratzon, is the egocentric I want what I want and I want it now don't tell me I can't have it and don't tell me to wait I don't want to wait and I want that What happens then? What do we teach our child? How is the ascent out of there? We try slowly but surely. I mean, at a young age, you're wasting your time. But once we pass the infant toddler, slowly but surely, what are we trying to do? We're trying to help the child to realize, leave the I want what I want and I want it now. Let's talk intellectual. Let's try to explain what you want is dangerous. I know you want to watch the video but you have to do your homework and you need to learn to do your homework before you want to watch your video because i need to be intellectual and realize first do what i have to do and then do what i want to do so we're actually helping the child ascend from will to intellect that's how we parent children we try slowly but surely according to their capacity to engage them, okay, I heard what you want, now let's talk about this. And then you'll notice actually in the child, the struggle. I mean, I'm a parent of six, and it's actually very interesting to watch that, that interesting journey, just between will and intellect, where you see the child like having this semi smirky smile on his face, I, I know, but I want. That's a beautiful moment when a child can say that. Because the child has now identified. I, I know, but I still want. And slowly but surely the child says, okay, I know I have to do what I have to do, but that's not what I want to do. And he's not very happy. And slowly but surely, hopefully the child matures and the child becomes better in this process. So that is the ascent from bratzon into intellect. And then there's the next stage where the child knows but the child is not engaging emotionally i have to go to shul i'm going to go to shul but i'm going to disconnect you say the words okay i finished i said the whole thing okay good fine and hopefully the next step is to have him ascend from going to shul because you know you have to go to shul to going to shul with ahava with love hopefully we can engage a child don't just do don't just not do what's wrong to do because you know it's wrong to do but can you also experience the fear God is not just a venu; he's also malkeinu he's not just our loving father he's also our king A king is dealt with awe more than with love. We don't do what we shouldn't do because we are afraid to rebel against our king, capital K. We do what we're supposed to do because we love our father with a capital F. So now we're talking about the next step is to go ahead and ascend from the intellect into the emotions. And that's what's happening. In this process, slowly but surely, we're breaking away. We're ascending. We're going up from the beginning experience of, I don't care. I want what I want, and I want it now. And my want of my animalistic soul, of egocentric entitlement, offsprings of baby boomers, Generation X, I want what I want. What do you mean I can't have what I want? To ascend from that. Don't live in, in, in that... Captivity of I want what I want and I want it now. Ascend to, does it make sense? And here, when I say ascend from the will to the intellect, I'm not talking about to the godly intellect, I'm talking about to the human intellect. Let's talk about diet. Something (laughs) I am struggling with right now. Let's talk about diet. I want to eat this, I'm frustrated. I just got a nasty phone call and i know where the answer lies it's usually in chocolate i want that chocolate and then there's the conflict that the brain i'm not even talking about godly soul i'm not talking it's kosher chocolate i'm gonna make a bracha and i'm i didn't eat meat for six hours it's all kosher but i'm talking about the animalistic soul knows number one you have a problem with acid chocolate isn't very good It's going to cause your acid reflux to act up. Number two, you do have to lose weight. Every doctor you ever met or didn't meet told you that already. So, and it it starts the war. So when I say ascend from will to intellect, I'm talking about from the will of the animalistic soul to the intellect of the animalistic soul. Now, as you know in mirror reflection, whatever is descend from top down is ascend from bottom up. So when I talk about descending from above, above is the power of the infinite will of the godly soul, coming down to the more finite intellect, coming down to the more palatable emotions, coming down to doing what you're supposed to, not doing what you're not supposed to. But when we're talking about the, god, the animalistic soul, we're talking about the same thing, only here it's called ascend. Because the more powerful experiences of the animalistic soul is the lower experiences. So we're going from the powerful, egocentric, I want what I want, I want it now, and we're ascending to the less powerful, egocentric entitlement of, one second, let's think about this. From there we're ascending even higher, leaving go of the intellect into the emotions, leaving go of the emotions only in the action, and then we go up. So in this experience, the more I'm breaking loose, of the grip the powerful grip of the etzahara the more I'm ascending and thus you have over here where you are ascending to to the land which I will show you which is break free of the animalistic soul's grip and you'll be able to experience like when you shut off the fan the real Ratzon that God has planted within each and every one of us which is the will to be one with God so over here we have a double journey the soul descending which means going outwards into the physical world and we have the journey of the ascending breaking free from the grip of the animalistic soul to be free to be me and who is me? me is the pure will of the soul which is one with God okay with that being said I want to just introduce one more thing. Rashi said lech lecha means go. Lecha doesn't mean to you, but for you. Bishvilcha, for your sake. It's not defining where to go, it's defining why to go. So when you read the first verse that says lech lecha, it's not giving you a location, it's giving you a purpose. Lech lecha, go for your sake. When you read the Zohar, you're getting a direction: go up, go down. There are other places in Chasidus where it reads the verse as a destination, and the word "lecha" literally means "to you." Lech go lecha to you. I told you that uh, for those of you who aren't following me yet, I tweet. I have a Twitter. And I send out a tweet um, regularly. used to send it out every single day, and now it's not every single day. That you shall come back. One of my tweets that I sent out this week when I was learning this concept of this was that ultimately, every journey that we're having is all about opening ourselves up To new experiences opening ourselves up that's a very interesting word opening ourselves up because ultimately speaking all experiences come from deep within you have two people two different people that are going through the exact same experience the exact same facts of the experience and they're both having total different experiences Because ultimately speaking, the journey of every single soul is to the depths of its own being. The journey from birth until completion of life is really a journey of shedding layers. And why are we shedding layers? Because where are we reaching to? Where is our destination? Is to the center core of our soul. And why so? Because the center core of our soul neither yearns to go up nor needs to come down. Because the entire journey of going up or coming down is all created by a distance from God. So I'm yearning to return up to God only to find out that the place where I can get closest to God is down here when I do what He wants, capital H. But that whole journey up or down or down or up is all created by this perception that I am here and my destination is there. I am here and God is there. So I need to leave here to go there. I need to either go up, yearn to return into the spiritual infinite, or I need to flow down. And realize that where am I going to really get closest to Hashem is by helping another person putting out my in, lighting my Shabbos candle that's the closest I'll ever get to God and according to the deep teachings of Kabbalah you're even closer to God down here when you light your Shabbos candle even without any feelings than you are even when you're in paradise glowing in the revelation of God because here is essence and there is revelation But the entire experience of any journey is going to be in the concept of what I want is not here. I have to go there. If I have here what I want, then why would I go there? So the entire experience of Lech only comes from this perception that I am here and my beloved is there. Thus, I'm going to leave here to travel to my beloved. This concept of I am here and my beloved is there. Exists only outside of the core of our soul. Because once you leave the core of our soul, you're no more in the essence. You're in revelation. Revelation is stronger and weaker. Concealed and revealed. Up and down. So the entire concept of here and there. I am here and it is there exists only outside of the core of my soul. For in the essence of God's existence and in the essence of my soul, God is everything and everything is God. I am here and God is here. I am there and God is there. Because there is no here and there. There is no yearning. You don't yearn that which you're with. You yearn that which you're not with. So the ultimate experience of lech, lecha, read the words, read it properly. Lech, go, we're, lecha, to you. We're in you, in the essence of your being. Because in the essence of your being, there is no here and there. You're not yearning. You are. And when we have that experience, we have become the ultimate abode for God. Because His essence rests very openly within us. So this entire journey of bringing down the soul, the entire journey of breaking free from that grasp of the the animalistic soul, really isn't about from here to there, from there to here, up, down, down, up. It's actually about double format of shedding layers. Shedding layers that your essence can only rest in the oblivious, And shedding the layers of being in the grasp of I want what I want. I want it now. We have to break free from both those. One who thinks that he can't really feel spiritual when he he or she is actually saying verbatim the words of prayer that they said yesterday, that were written by other rabbis, not by their own meditations. Someone who's going through that experience needs to descend. I can take everything I'm feeling, and putting it into proper, proper words. If you remember, I once spoke about this from the pulpit. The amazing experience of a beautiful dance. Because the dance is all about breaking free. But you can't experience the beauty of dance until you've learned the proper steps. So make up your mind. Is the dance about breaking free? Then there is no steps. But dance is all about perfect steps. And the truth is, you can't experience freedom until you have perfect steps. When you do it right, then within those perfect steps, you can experience the ultimate experience of dancing. People who don't know how to dance are frustrated because they want to, but you can't, you're tripping. But the people who have taken the painstaking time of breaking free and being able to show up to rehearsal again and again and again, And then the body is moving on its own. Now we're free to experience the soul. But the person who feels that he or she cannot experience the ultimate experience of dancing with God in rabbinical ordinances of get up, get down, hold your tits, don't hold your tits, say this, say that. I can't. This is choking me. This is not experiencing. Well, go ask a dancer who's been practicing for years and years and years. Having some teacher, trainer choking them to death. No, you didn't do it right. No, put your hand a little higher on his back. No, move this way. And all the time while they're telling them that, no, 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 you're, you're doing it too hard. You gotta let it flow. Well, let what flow? You don't let me do a thing by myself. I gotta do everything that you have in your choreography. And you want me to flow? But yeah, that's the way it works. So the descent from above to below is very much like dancing. To realize that the essence of your soul will express itself only when you're able to really be in control and be in control without even thinking. That's how habitual it has become to us. We wake up, we do what we have to. So that whole process of the journey, and then on the other hand, there's a journey from below above. You're breaking free from the grasp of the entitlement zone. I want what I want, I want it now. And when you have these two journeys coexisting, where are both these journeys taking you to? Lech, lecha. It's taking you to the essence of you. For in the essence of you, there is no more journeys. Within you, there's nowhere to go because it's all here. It's all there. Here and there. There is no here and there. Everywhere is here and there. It's the essence. So we spoke about different dimensions of Lech we spoke about go for your sake Rashi's approach we spoke about the two approaches in Jewish mysticism the soul's descent from the razon into the action we spoke about the descent the ascent from the I want what I want I want it now breaking free layer by layer breaking free from the I want breaking the free from the I don't understand breaking free but I don't feel it breaking free from the actions I I just, what do you mean? This is what we do here in America. Breaking free from all that. Getting into the, what do you want as a Jew? So we spoke about those two journeys top down, above below, below above. And then finally, we spoke about Lech Lecha all journeys that we have from the day that we open up our eyes, the day from that first cry because someone smacked our bottom. From that moment, we're shedding and shedding and shedding. We're shedding because the journey from above to below and from below to above is all one journey. Shed, shed, shed until you get to the essence. And once you get to the essence of you, you realize you're one with the essence of God. So there is no here, there is no there. It's all everywhere. And that's it for tonight, guys.